Trading update. Not doing too bad for stormy October. Remember Sept and October compete with each other to be the two worst months of the year, either one could deliver a crash and even in bull runs they can be rubbish months. That said, I haven't sold much and intend to hold on to nearly all the positions I'm running. I know a good few traders out there have moved mainly to cash fearing markets will crash but I don't subscribe to that view. We're simply not at that point in the cycle. A crash to my mind becomes a real threat from 2024 onwards but at the moment I think markets which grind sideways. The US down for a few weeks then back up then back down. The FTSE swinging around 6,950 to 7,000. From next year into 2023 I think we could see markets move up. Yes, even in the teeth of interest rate rises. One thing many traders, including professionals, get wrong is they think markets will tank when rates go up but they actually do the opposite in the early stages of rate rises. They fall on the rate rise and then move up again to a new high in the lead up to the next rate rise. It's only when rates approach a peak that a crash occurs. One sell to report. Or actually a bit of volatility trading, which is quite rare for me. I noticed Polarian had dropped quite a bit in the early morning a couple of weeks ago, much more than you would expect for a tree shake I checked the news feeds and could find nothing. It plunged to 88p then shot back up to 98p. It seemed strange and if it slipped back to 96 I decided to play safe and bank profit. That netted a nice close to 40% profit. Then when I came back on early afternoon it had plunged to 37p. I checked the news feeds again and found they'd been turned down for FDA approval. Odd how they didn't put that up first thing in the morning and yet the shares had been bouncing all over the place. So somebody knew something. Anyway, looking into the detail T didn't really seem like anything terminal. It was more to do with tweaking some things with the imaging side of things. So I thought it looked way oversold and brought it 40p. Over the next few days it jumped back to around 76p and I decided to bank a second profit there. On bad news shares can often oversell then bounce and then sell back off again so I'll be waiting to see if this hits another low and maybe buy back in. It looks like around 6 months before they resubmit to the FDA so plenty of time. Cyanconode came out with a fantastic interims and shot up. A lot more to come here and holding for the long term. Cloud Cocoa, after a long slumber, has shot up and news they've taken over a couple of companies. Cloud Cocoa are moving into an expansionary phase at the moment and none of this is in the share price at all. Castillo Copper have jumped 2p and more good news. I still believe this will be a huge percentage gainer as they are not only drilling for enormous copper deposits but also currently performing due diligence on two lithium sites. One new buy is Advance Energy. This is another very speculative position but sits in the calculated gamble space. The head of the company has vast experience in the oil industry. They've sold off old assets and are looking for some enormous oil sites. They have one called Buffalo just off Timor which they think hold vast reserves of oil. It was previously held by BHP but when they last used it they didn't have the technology to see how much more oil there might be. With new imaging technology it's now possible to see how much more oil these old sites still have. The head of Advance is so confident there are vast reserves down there he's already partnered with another company and preparing to start extracting the stuff. At $70 per barrel Advance would make a great deal of cash. The current price? Around $85. At 3.9 it seems worth a punt. My own view is oil is going to be shockingly higher through next year. It's something I warned about many months ago. So-called green energy will not give modern economies the power they need. Mainly because it's intermittent. If there's no wind, no power. No sun, no power. The result is demand for old fossil energy will actually increase. Add in infrastructure spending and you'll be looking at $100 per barrel oil by next year, and then north of it. Will it all blow up? 
Yes of course it will, but not yet. Overall, having gone through all positions to test them in the face of market weakness I'm so far happy to hold on. The Forgotten Depression The depression of the 1930s has become the defining memory of the United States, influencing its economic decisions for all the decades that followed. Yet its severity and duration was nowhere near as bad as the depression of the 1870s, the so-called Long Depression. It's a depression largely forgotten in the present era. And yet the nascent bubbles of the present decade, the inflation the world is now experiencing, all in the wake of a disaster and economic shock, are very similar to the period leading up to that depression. Following the catastrophe of the American Civil War, a boom began in the US in the 1860s, one which spread around the globe. The speculation at that time, railways. Money poured into railway construction and the infrastructure supporting them and a bubble began. But this wasn't the only speculative bubble. Silver mines rocketed in value as demand for specie increased. Global stock market soared, railway shares soared, energy soared. And at the helm of all this were industrial magnates such as Cornelius Vanderbilt and John D. Rockefeller. No different to our current Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. Once again leverage was the name of the game as banks fought to lend to an industry expanding westward in the wake of the Transcontinental Railroad in 1869. The boom roared for around three years before it all collapsed in one of the greatest panics in history. As with all bubbles, it was something nobody noticed that brought it down. The largest railroad companies looked to just one customer for 40% of all cargo shipments, J.D. Rockefeller Standard Oil. This left them exposed to two threats. A rise in interest rates which would make their enormous debt burdens unmanageable, and the possibility that such a rise in borrowing costs would cause Standard Oil to reduce cargo shipments. As prices rose those borrowing costs did indeed start to increase. J. Cook & Company was the first bank to fall, facing a liquidity crisis as farmers pulled money in droves to fund harvesting and increased transport costs. Faced with holding millions of unmarketable shares in Northern Pacific Railroad it collapsed, triggering an associated collapse in banks all across the U.S. To make matters worse, at exactly the same time a new emergent power in the shape of Germany stopped issuing silver thalers, causing a complete collapse in the silver price and in turn a concomitant collapse in silver mines. Economies collapsed. Factories shuttered their doors, businesses folded and individuals became bankrupt. Unemployment soared. So bad was the depression, beginning in 1873, it lasted five years. In the U.S. the terms bum and tramp came into being, referring to many thousands of former Civil War indigents wandering homeless in American cities. So why was the 1870s depression so long and so severe? Something few if any experts seem to notice is the century in which it occurred. The 19th century was a period of price stability, tending towards deflation. Around 1815, the inflation of the 18th century which had led to the upheavals of the French Revolution and the Napoleonic Wars came to an end. This period of price stability lasted until around 1899. But even during centuries of price stability and deflation it is possible to have an anomalous decade of inflation. That period was the mid-1860s. The problem is when it comes to an end deflation comes pouring back in, the stability reasserts itself by reversing everything that went before. The collapse of the bubbles in the 1870s led to a severe deflationary depression because of the price period in which it occurred. It works in reverse in centuries of price inflation, such as the 20th. In that century the 1930s was the anomalous decade, preceding it the inflation of the 1920s which had built on the preceding decades of inflation. When the stock market bubble collapsed in 1929 there was a decade of anomalous deflation. Followed, after the wartime price controls of the 1940s, by decades of inflation.
The reason the next depression is likely to be as severe as that of the 1870s is we are once again in a century of price stability tending to deflation. As in the 1860s we are experiencing a brief and severe price inflation triggered by a preceding catastrophic event, one which will inevitably be brought to an end by an overreaction by central banks. That inflation is being exacerbated by poor and misguided energy policies on the part of central governments, poor demographics and decades of low wages. On this side I've warned repeatedly that idiotic energy polices will result in soaring costs for households both in the form of domestic energy supply and fuel for cars. As I warned before, the new E10 petrol in the UK will send costs at the pump soaring. Mainly because, on top of soaring oil prices, ethanol will rocket too as demand shoots up. So, where government drives up your cost of living and then bankrupts you in the future with soaring taxes, another misguided anti-inflation policy, and higher interest rates. As interest rates rise, so will taxes as the interest on the government debt goes up and the government seeks to cover that interest. The problem is identical in the US. Such as the stuff revolutions are made of. At some point, most likely around 2024 to 2026, it will completely collapse, on a far greater scale than the crash of 2008, simply due to the sheer size and amount of bubbles that will be peaking around that time. Crypto will collapse. Stock markets will collapse. Property markets, infrastructure investments, taking down with them the private pensions that will have invested, at the encouragement of the UK government, in that area. Anywhere where there is overinvestment there will be collapse. Odd-shaped fruits in Japan, art, every bubble currently inflating will collapse. At the same time. And all this occurring at the same time as state-funded baby boomer pensions fall due. In the UK alone this is estimated to be 1.2 trillion. 1.2 trillion. The crash will take down private pensions as well as threatening those paid for by the state triggering a pensions crisis alongside a global economic one. So how will global governments in this scenario attempt to escape this worst depression in history? Most likely global money. A new bread and woods. The IMF would likely step in by issuing SDRs, special drawing rights, and a complete reset of the entire economic system would occur. Would it make things better? Nope. Not one jot. It would simply fuel the next cycle of boom and bust because the system fundamentally would remain unchanged. The world would be governed by an even more centralized system than we have presently, and economically nothing would have been done to resolve the underlying reasons for these endless cycles. So, once again I am warning about something barreling towards you that if you stay on the train tracks will almost certainly wipe you out. So, you ask, what the hell am I supposed to do about it? The answer will be in the next update. A complete reset of your economic life. Your own bread and woods. You would have to ditch pretty much every piece of conventional advice you've ever been given and start from scratch. Everyday stuff. Ah the joys of DIY. This weekend I have been sawing and fitting skirting board. Following a crazy quote for 245 pounds I decided to do it myself. Total cost dash 20 pounds. Okay, it was a bit of a pain with myself and daughter working out cutting angles for internal and external corners and I pulled a few muscles but it was worth the saving. And I suppose I have learned a new skill. Though I doubt I'll be fitting skirting boards again anytime soon. Now in sixth form my daughter has managed to get herself some work experience with a software company called Kanos. I realized I actually held shares in these a while back but sold as they weren't doing much at the time. So I took a look at what they were trading at now and guess what, they were 20 quid. I'd sold them for around 13 pounds. Damn. Lesson learnt once again, if shares are boring don't sell them. Just leave them till they take off. I won't beat myself up too much as I don't sell anything these days just because a share is boring. Cloud Cuckoo being a prime example. Anyway, daughter is a bit of whiz with coding, 
Something beyond me though I think it's something I should try to learn in the future. She also went to get her jab last week and got herself an interview for a part-time job doing IT for the pharmacy where they were doing vaccinations. What's this then? Jab and a job? There's an incentive for you. Reading glasses. I thought I'd never see the day but following an eye test I was told I needed reading glasses. Unsure I could stand varifocals I went for a separate pair but does this mean I now need one of those lanyard things where you keep them hanging from your neck? This will surely make me look and feel old. On TV, we've watched Squid Games. In truth my daughter told us about this before it became such a huge hit and having watched it it deserves the praise. Once again it's a South Korean production which seems to be having a renaissance so far as film and TV is concerned. If you haven't watched it then I'd highly recommend it. Also, we've started watching Succession, which is just brilliant. Some pretty horrible characters all being horrible to each other as they fight to inherit the corporate empire from their father who always seems about to die or suffer a stroke but always manages to come back in, be horrible to them all. Very addictive viewing and some brilliant performances turned in. Next update 7th November.